been directed away from that. And so I was praying and thinking and hoping. <laughs> Actually, I had looked at another scripture, but God said no. Uh, I mean, this was before, before this morning uh, to preach today. And I thought that we'd be preaching today in that, but the um, Lord directed otherwise. So maybe in the future, maybe next Sunday morning we'll look at that. I don't know. We'll see. But uh, I really thought it would be, it would be today that uh, we would we would get get to that, and um, in light of the dynamics of of those that are here and those that are missing, but uh, let me see what the Lord would have us to do with that scripture. Uh, maybe next Sunday we'll see if He leads that way. And this is not the full. Um, I mean, I'm. I'm going to bring some of the some of the things out. Uh, of course, uh, I am looking at Dean Weaver's book when we was going through the tabernacle uh, in the wilderness, and uh, you know, just kind of using his his outline, if you want to put it that way, the way he has the book uh, put together. And uh, one of the reasons, you know, of course, we had started in First Timothy and went through uh, Jude, skipping Hebrews. And I looked about going back to Hebrews and or going into Revelation. And, uh, but then if I go into Revelation, I want to hit Daniel. So the way that more than likely it's going to work out is we're going to do Hebrews and then Daniel and Revelation, maybe Daniel and Revelation at the same time since they kind of, uh, there's things in Daniel that uh, will bring a whole lot of things to light in Revelation. We'll see when we get there on Sunday nights in the future. But uh, before we went to Hebrews... I felt directed to go to the tabernacle in the wilderness and looking at the tabernacle in the wilderness as the pattern that was set forth in, uh, for the Old Testament, a pattern that was in heaven, and then a pattern of things to come, all speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ, and not only him as the Lamb of God, not only him as the sacrifice, but him as the priest and the great high priest, and then a lot of other things uh, in, the, in the priesthood that we see in Hebrews that before we got to Hebrews, if we set lay the foundation in the Old Testament, then it would make Hebrews be understood a little bit easier. And that's kind of the, the whole premise of where we're at and, and so on and so forth. Uh, but I'm not going to go into the detail that, um, that we uh, originally started off, uh, as much detail as what Mr. Weaver's book brings into it. I'm trying to hit the highlights, and I think that that's kind of where we're going to uh, look at it all. But as he... Um, sets forth again uh, the the tabernacle in the wilderness. We see, you know, first and foremost, and we dealt with the offerings uh, as we see in the beginning of chapter twenty-five. Then the ark, start beginning in verse number ten. Then the table, uh, the table of showbread, in verse twenty-three. And of course, this is the way that Mr. Weaver has done it in 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 the same order that we see in in Exodus uh, twenty-five. And then the golden candlestick. And that's what we're looking at today. Uh, tonight is the golden candlestick. And then, you know, uh, but he, you know, he breaks everything down. Uh, and, and like I said, we'll hit the highlights. And we've already hit some of it um, in the fact of, um, of gold, speaking of his deity, and the, the shittim wood, the wooden, any, anything that's wooden uh, mentioned in, uh, is, is uh, in symbolism, symbolic of his. Uh, humanity, uh, Christ's humanity, Christ's deity. Uh, and when the two are put together like they were in the ark, we see both his humanity and his deity. 
when both are put together on the table. We see his humanity and his deity. But the golden stick, the golden candlestick, is a little bit different in the light in the fact that it was pure gold, and it was of one. Um, let's see, one uh, talent. We see in verse thirty-nine. We're going to read verse thirty-one through forty, and bring out a few highlights here uh, about the candlestick. But then give application not only to Christ as the light of the world, but then us, we as the children of God, as the light of the world as well. All right, let's begin reading in verse number 31. And thou shalt make a candlestick of pure gold, of beaten work shall the candlestick be made. His shaft and his branches, his bowls and his knops, and his flowers shall be of the same. The six And six branches shall come out of the sides of it, three branches of the candlestick out of the one side, and three branches of the candlestick out of the other. Three bowls made like unto almonds, with a knop and a flower in one branch, and three bowls made like almonds in the other branch with a knop and a flower, so in the six branches that come out of the candlestick. And in the candlestick shall be four bowls made like unto almonds, with their knops and their flowers, and there shall be a knop under two branches of the same, and a knop under two branches of the same, and a knop under two branches of the same, according to the six branches that proceed out of the candlestick. Their knops and their branches shall be of the same, and it shall be one beaten work of pure gold. And thou shalt make the seven lamps thereof, and they shall light the lamps thereof, that it may give light over against it. And the tongs thereof and the snuff dishes thereof shall be of pure gold. Of a talent of pure gold shall he make it uh, with all these vessels, and look thou that look that thou make them after their pattern which was shown thee in the mount. Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you, Lord, for the day and the many blessings you've given us. Pray and ask and thank you, Lord, for this morning, for the word. Pray, Lord, for Brother Crow tonight. Pray, Lord, for Miss Linda and uh, others, Lord, with uh, sickness, affliction, and body. Miss Debbie, thank you for helping her to heal. Pray that you continue to help her to heal and, uh, and watch over and protect her now uh, at home again. I pray that you would just give her the grace and help uh, to, uh, to maintain on her own uh, as she recovers uh, from her fall. Pray, Lord, for those who are traveling through the night, for those traveling Tomorrow that you watch over and you protect your hand around them, especially the one overnight. Keep the wildlife out from in front of them and keep them safe on the roads. And we'll thank you and praise you. Ask and pray that you will bless the, uh, the word tonight as it goes out. Help us to learn of thee and, Lord, make application to our lives and our walk. And we ask and pray these things in Christ's name. Amen and amen. So we see a couple of times here. Uh, in, in verse number 31, and we also see it down in 36. And thou shalt make a candlestick of pure gold, of beaten work shall the candlestick be made. His shaft and his branches, his bowls, his knops, and his flowers shall be of the same. And before we get to the beaten part, let's just go ahead and deal with the gold. We mentioned that the purity, the purity is pure gold uh, because there is no... There is no, and I've already mentioned this, there is no wood involved. Then it speaks of the deity of Christ. And it's pure. He's pure in his deity. 
We also see, and was pointed out, that they're unlike the table of showbread and unlike the, unlike the Ark of the Covenant, there is, no, there is no dimensions to the candlestick. It was just uh, a mention here in verse number 40 that, that it would be to be made after the pattern which was shown Moses, which was shown thee on the mount. So Moses knew what it looked like, and he, was to, and he I guess, uh, uh, relayed that to the craftsman. The craftsman took a single piece of gold, which those that maybe learned it in school, I don't know that I've, I guess I have held some 99.999% gold in my hand before. Uh, most of the time it's in a wrapper. So I didn't, you know, because gold is a very soft metal. Uh, it can be beaten and it can be, and it's, it's pliable compared to some of the other metal and, um, and is it metallurgy? Uh, so people that understand the metals. I work with a fellow that, um, you know, he worked in a welding shop. He is a welder and had, was a welder. Uh, that was his trade. He went into the Air Force late in life, later in life. He didn't go in as an 18-year-old like I did. He went in a little bit later, um, like in his late 20s. But he was a welder before that, you know, and he understands uh, how that metals work together, especially when you're trying to put them together with heat, <laughs> And, and so on and so forth, and, and, and the type of welds and, and all the different, and to hear him talk, you know, he just rolls it off his tongue, you know, very um, eloquently, really, but uh, very, you know, he understands that. And so, but we understand that gold is a very soft metal, uh, and, and they were given one talent of pure gold here uh, to, to do the work with, and... Uh, so there was one big chunk of gold. And the craftsman, I, it was kind of funny to hear Brother Troy and, and Brother Thompson, they said it they said next to each other a couple times at the table, and uh, I was, you know, within earshot, and I, I hear things. And, uh, but one, you know, the little banter between the two of them sometimes, and, you know, something was said about, uh, Brother Thompson, you know, being a, a carpenter, you know, and uh, and the difference between a carpenter and what Brother Troy does with, uh, you know, with with his woodworking and so on and so forth, and of course, you know, and and uh, so Brother Thompson was, you know, kind of speaking negative about Tro Brother Troy's skills, if you want to put it that way, because you know he wasn't he wasn't a builder. And so on and so forth. And of course, Brother Troy chimed back and said, "You know, the difference between you and me is is you can just put things together. I, you know, I, I can create things. I, I, there's creativity in my work, and there is. And you look at you know anybody that's seen any of uh, Brother Troy's work, he does a fine job. Both of them are important. And I know it was it was it was uh, banter, if you want to put it that way, out of a good spirit, one with another. Um, but they was kind of giving it to each other." And, uh, and, of course, I had seen uh, a video that Miss Abby had put out uh, back some time ago uh, of some of the, the coffee mugs that they did with the, with the wood and with the epo uh, yeah, epoxy, I guess, and really, really interesting, just one-of-a-kind pieces of work. In fact, they were drinking out of them uh, at their house the other day, or at least she was, and it was just really a really, really neat piece. 
and, 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 and the work there. But those like Troy, and the reason I brought him up, those like Troy that are craftsmen in wood or metal or whatever, you know, and I, I've always wanted to, to, to run a lathe. I like watching lathe, lathe work and the videos. You know, they'll take, of course, they got their knives and they got their, the, the little braces there to, to hold, you know, to, to brace against, to hold their knife in place. So as the knife works the wood, um, you know, and the wood's spinning, of course, later on, you know, finding out about my father as a machinist, he used metal lathes and could lay things down to just, I mean, microns. <laughs> uh, some of the super fi fine uh, things that he, had, he would have to lathe out in the metal, and the metal work there as a machinist. And so learning more about my dad, seeing Brother Troy's work, and then watching videos of others that, that uses the lathe, <clears throat> you see some of these videos, <clears throat> and they'll just... It's an interesting piece of wood, you know. Uh, it's got it's got this one this unique pattern laying there on the ground, on the outside of this wood. You can see some of the some of the grains and things, and and for these craftsmen to see something besides just this big chunk of wood, <laughs> they see something. They see a finished product, and they'll put that thing on the lathe, and it'll start it spinning. And somehow, some way, they can translate what's in their the picture of this of this craft, this picture of this vessel, if you want to put it that way. If it if it turns out to be a vessel, they can they can translate that from their mind to this wood with the skill of their hands and this knife, and it just fascinates me to watch. I just love watching it uh, because. Uh, and I appreciate it. And because, like I said, I didn't understand a whole lot about what my dad did until later in life, to my shame. Parents divorced when I was five, so you know, dad had me in visitation rights. Was every other weekend and two weeks out of the year, two weeks in the summertime. Uh, when I would go to school, you fill out the paperwork at the beginning of school. I remember in elementary school learning how to spell machinist. Because that's all I knew. I mean, when, you know, you're filling out the paperwork and it says occupation, your mom's occupation, dad's occupation, I can spell machinist. I didn't know what a machinist did. I didn't understand it. I knew he would bring cool toys home <laughs> that he would make in his spare, you know, out of scrap when he had a little bit of time around the machine shop. Uh, these little, <clears throat> these little wire men that was holding a wire with nuts out here for balance and you could balance them on different things that was neat uh take little pieces of pipe and make a belt buckle out of them that was kind of neat but I, for what he really did I didn't understand all that he did and all that all the skill and the the math and everything else that he had to do in that particular trade and um and that being said, I learned to appreciate it later on. One of his last job before he was forced to retire, basically, with his with his health, his last job was working on puppets. And I said puppets. I'm talking big bird puppets. So 
So he actually worked Big Bird. He made a Big Bird. He helped make a Big Bird. Probably a couple of Big Birds, actually. Uh, so the puppeteer, Big Bird, is like seven feet tall. Well, the puppeteer is not seven feet tall inside that thing. The puppeteer is a much shorter man. You know, he puts on the Big Bird's legs, and he's, he's sitting in there, and so his head actually is in Big Bird's chest cavity. And then everything else that's working, you know, he's working from the inside there, including like the, the, the way that the mouth moves, Big Bird's mouth when he talks or when Big Bird's eyes blink, the, the mechanisms that the puppeteer is working inside there to make Big Bird's mouth move and to make Big Bird's eyes blink, my dad machined out all those mechanisms and all those parts and we put them all together to make things blink and to make things move. All the hinges, he put it all together and then it was covered and then you got Big Bird. And he did that with several other puppets. And really what, you know, being taking me on a tour of that facility and then each step, you know, you walk through. Uh, in fact, his boss at that time got his startup. His boss, for those of you who know the Snuggles Fabric Softener Bear, his boss made the Snuggles Fabric Softener Bear as an apprentice. And that kind of launched him into his own his own career. So Snuggles was his first, his first claim to fame um, on the fabric softener bear. Well, anyway, so you go in, you start off in the art department. They, they sketched it out on paper first. And then, you know, it would go to the machinist, it would go to the, the, the people that sewed and put it all together, all the feathers, all the, the fur, all the whatever. And then you had something that would mold out these these plastic as far as the, some of the face forms and things. It was just, it was just a, a neat place to work, a neat place to see, but it really helped me understand a whole lot more about my dad when it comes to see his skills and his, his craftsmanship and, um, and something that I didn't know about all those years, which, again, to my shame. But, um, but when we see here, when we look at this golden candlestick, we, we think about this craftsman who got the, Moses seen it, Moses told the craftsman, but here is a craftsman that, that didn't melt gold down and pour into a mold. Here's a craftsman that took a piece of gold and hammered out, because it was a beaten work, hammered out all these knops and all these branches and all these bowls so you had the main stick, and then off the main stick were three branches that come up like so, and on top of each of those were bowls that they eventually put oil in, and they were able to light, and then it would give light there in the tabernacle. But it was of one single piece of gold, piece of his deity. The pure, pure, pure gold speaks of his, his uh, righteousness and his deity and a lot of other things. And then the fact that it was beaten and just how his life, how his life, what, you know, he, he took, he, upon him stripes were laid for our iniquities. The chastisement, the Bible's what, the chastisement? Let me see if I can find it there in, in Isaiah. <clears throat> Uh, 
Let's see here. Is it 53? Maybe. Yep. Nope. Yep. Yep. There we go. He was despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him with his stripes. We are healed. And we see that in that candlestick. And then the fact that it has no dimensions. All right. And, and that also speaks of heavenly, you know, his love has no bounds. His, his, his grace has no, everything about Christ in, in his deity, you know, has no dimensions. Unlike the dimensions that set forth in the pieces of furniture that had the wood overlaid with gold, which showed both his deity and his humanity. So we see that it was pure. Jesus Christ is pure in his deity. His deity is pure. He was of a beaten work, and we just read there. It speaks of the times of his chastisement and how he was stricken. And here's this, here's this craftsman that was able to to see, maybe get instruction from Moses, and be able to beat out a single golden candlestick. But if, but one of the things that was when we read this, when we read verse number, uh, well, just pick it up in 30, and six branches shall come out of the sides of it, three branches of the candlestick out of one side and three branches of the other side, three, three bowls made like unto the almonds with a knop and a flower in one branch, and three bowls, and again, this is beaten work. And, you know, and it could be large hammers and small hammers. You know, if you watch a craftsman, they'll have different sizes of tools because, you know, the, the larger hammer will, will set the, the um, uh, primary uh, shape of things, and then they start taking the smaller tools, the smaller hammers, to beat out the details, but it was of a beaten work. And so, uh, let's see, verse 34, And then the candlestick shall be four bowls made like unto the almonds with their knops and their flowers, and there shall be a knop under two branches of the same, and a knop under two branches of the same, and a knop under two branches of the same, according to the six branches that proceed out of the candlestick. Their knops and their branches shall be of the same, all, uh, all it... All it shall be one beaten work of pure gold. So when we see of the knop and the knop and the knop, <laughs> and all of them being the same, each, each branch were the same. One of the things, and again, it, it goes to my fascination, I was able to be stationed in Europe in, in um, Sicily for a year, and to, to go down and to see buildings that were older than our country. <laughs> our country was birthed, you know, when we, we were here before 1776, but 1776 was when we made the Declaration of Independence. And to see buildings that have been standing since the 1500s. 
It's just remarkable. And to see the craftsmanship in some of these cathedrals, you know, to, to, see, to see columns set forth and they all look exactly alike. And they were hewn. To see, to see this stonework that, were, that was hewn out by hand, it's just amazing to me. And to see it all put together and to see the craftsmanship that was there and just to know that this was one candlestick, one piece of gold, beat out into the single stick and then six, three branches off each side and it was, um, it was the same on all of the branches. You had the, you had the, the almond bowl, the bowls, what does it say? Like an almond, like unto almonds, the bowls made like unto almonds and a knop and a flower in one branch and three bowls, and all these knops and their flowers beaten, and it was, what's the word I'm looking for? The same on one side as the other. There we go, symmetrical. I couldn't get that word. So each side was symmetrical. They were exactly alike, and just to, be, to have that skill, which it was a God-given skill, which just fascinates me. And I, you, can, you can understand if it's pure gold and it's beaten and just uh, how that it, it just it, it, it fascinates me. But Christ, and we see that he was wounded for our transgressions and we see the picture of tri- Christ in the fact that it was beaten. We see his deity in the fact that it was pure gold. Then we see in verse number 37, Thou shalt make these seven lamps thereof, and they shall light the lamps thereof, that they may give light over against it, over, so we see the light, and this was the only light that was in the tabernacle once we get, <clears throat> once we get to the coverings, we see that there are several layers <clears throat> of coverings on the tabernacle, so it would be a very dark place, even in the middle of, a, of the desert, in the wilderness, and the bright light shining down, <clears throat> and there would be darkness inside there, and this was the only place <clears throat> that, or this is the only means of light inside the holy place where they served uh, the Lord um, in, in that place. And thou shalt make the, uh, make the seven lamps, seven in number of perfection. So again, we see Christ in his perfection. We see Christ in his purity with the pure gold. We see Christ in his deity, seven in the number of perfection, and the fact that it, gave, it, it, they were, it was to give light. 1 John 1, 4 through 7, I'm going to go through these. You don't have to turn, you can if you want to, but some we've already discussed, discussed a whole lot of these in the past. 1 John 1, 4, and these things write unto you that your joy may be full. This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light. So again, the typology of Christ in the tabernacle, God is light. <clears throat> and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ cleanseth us from all sin. Genesis 1, 3, And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. And so this was the light that lighteth the tabernacle. And we see a declaration by Jesus Christ in John chapter 8, verse 12, Jesus, and spake, then spake Jesus again to them, saying, I am the light of the world. 
He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of light, light of life. And so, so Jesus Christ declared, it says God is light in 1 John. Jesus Christ had declared himself to be the light of the world. And so we see that in the typology with this candlestick here in the tabernacle. And again, the reason we're looking at the tabernacle of the wilderness is to help us understand Hebrews a whole lot better as Jesus Christ not only is, is the sacrifice, but he is the high priest. And we see these pattern, you know, and we see the patterns also mentioned in Hebrews. And that is a, that is a recurring word both in the Old Testament tabernacle and the pattern that God gave to Moses. And we see a, a more perfect you know, a better and more perfect here in Hebrews when we get there. But it goes back to the fact that Jesus Christ was the finished. He was the last sacrifice. He is a priest of a different order but and, and making intercession for us. And so as we look in the Old Testament, we can see in Hebrews a whole lot of the things that we see here in the Old Testament economy. And then, of course, John the Baptist declared in John 1 of that light, there was a man sent from God whose name was John, John 1, 6. The same came for a witness to bear witness of, that, of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, talking about John the Baptist, but was sent to bear witness of that light, talking about Jesus. That was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. And so Jesus Christ is that light. And let's see here. And the fact that he, you know, he suffered and he suffered persecution. And then, of course, uh, a couple of places here, it's a little bit different than the light, but it was made reference to by Mr. Weaver in the fact that um, mm -hmm, in Exodus chapter 13, Talk about the pillar of fire. Hebrews, well, Exodus 13. Um, and the Lord, 21, And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of a cloud to lead them by the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them, there it is, to give them light. By the, uh, by, uh, to give them light to go by day and night. He took not away the pillar of the cloud by day, nor the pillar of fire by night from before the people. And, of course, we see, again, even in that pillar of fire, uh, in Hebrews 12, 28 and 29, wherefore, wherefore we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear, for, God, for our God is a consuming fire. Of course, the fire gave light. We see that. And we just see that he is the light of the world. He declares that in, first, in John 8, 12 that I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Now, I couldn't help but to look at the word pattern in our text in verse number 40. He's a pattern. The tabernacle was made by the pattern that God showed Moses when he was on the mount. Moses came down and they built the tabernacle according to pattern. Jesus said in John, in, in John, here we go, we just read it. John 8, 12, I am the light of the world. But then he tells us in Matthew chapter 5, 
that we, he says, ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. So let your light so shine before men, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So we're, we're looking at the tabernacle and we're seeing in typology Jesus Christ in all these things. He's the light. He's the candlestick. He, you know, all, the, uh, all the workings of the, the production of the candlestick and everything that we've pointed out points to Jesus Christ. He's the light. Of course, later on in the book, later on in our text, we, we see the oil that is put in to the bowls to make the light, which is the type of the Holy Spirit. But, but Jesus Christ, he says, I'm the light, but then he turns it around in Matthew and says, we're the light. So they were, and we, we referenced it this morning, they were first called Christians at Antioch. And if, if they were called Christians at Antioch, they, was, they followed the pattern of Christ. They looked at the, those, those believers at Antioch and said, hey, they follow Christ. They are Christ-like which is what Christian means. And then we, if he is the light of the world and he tells us to be the light of the world, then we are, we're following in his pattern. He's the one we're to look to for our pattern, not, yes, we can look to men. We can reverence men. We can, I, you know, I've talked about the family in my home, the church I was saved in, that I wanted to pattern my family after because my family was a mess. <laughs> I seen a mom and a daddy that was married and stayed married, and they're still married today over 50 years. <clears throat> I, seen, I seen, of course, you know, I seen a family that loved each other, that was close, had five kids, and they just seemed close outside looking in. I'm sure they had their problems, and of course, some of their adult children testify to that. You know, they're like, you just don't know. We got a spanking every Sunday when we we hated going to church. I'm like, what? Yeah, we hated going to church because every Sunday after church we got a spanking. And I'm like, why? Because the way we behaved in church, <laughs> we do. So anyway, I just took my kids out at church, and so. And laid it on them, but um, but anyway, but I, I, I have patterned, if you want to say, I have looked to men to pattern certain things of my life after Lieutenant Faisenbaker. He was a lieutenant in my when he was above me. This is Veterans Day, and of course we did all the on social media. We did all the Happy Veterans Day, brothers, and all that. You know, to men that we served with. And he is a, is a man, and I told him, I recently told a man, just when I was in Massville this last time, a man that I worked for, that I appreciated him and his example before me. We can be examples, and we can look to men as examples and patterns, but as a child of God, as a Christian, as a believer, I want to put it that way, ultimately Christ is our pattern. He is the one that we should look to. And he says, I am the light of the world, but then he says, you're the light of the world. So as we, being 
a light after his pattern. He tells us to go, uh, he says, Ye are the light of the world. Uh, a city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light to all that are in the house. So all those in Sunday school hide it under a bushel. No, I'm going to let it shine. <laughs> let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify the, your Father which is in heaven. How, did they, how do men look at us and glorify the Father? Well, obviously they see something in us. What do they see? They see the light. Who is our light patterned after? Christ. So if our light shines brightly that points men to Christ and they come to Christ, then they glorify the Father for allowing your path and your example to be that light that shined that maybe had something to do with bringing them to the Lord. And then going with the pattern of Christ and the fact that he suffered. He was beaten. He was smitten. And we read, because we've been there, we was in seen it in sufferings that we read in Peter when we were in Peter. And then, but I, I just pulled the one reference here in 2 Timothy 3. Yea, and all that, li- that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. And the reason that I, I when I was looking at the references here, and, and, and I could have used several, but I, I really uh, focused in on that, that particular verse. I'm going to read the rest of them here until through 17, but... The reason I focus in on verse number 12, because everything that we've seen here on the candlestick, we've seen is purity. So what do we as children of God see here in verse, and all, yea, and all that will live godly. You can be a child of God and not live godly. <laughs> and you're not going to suffer persecution much. There, there may be, the Lord knows their heart, there may be some, you know, some of these churches that just found it easier to compromise than to suffer. Maybe they're saved, some of them. Lord knows. But they, and and, and they, just, they just felt it easier to maybe go along to get along. That's the that's the, that's the full phrase that we use. They, they just go along to get along. So the world is moving, and instead of instead of following that book to where because the world stream the world stream is going this way and it's 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 easier to to paddle a canoe with the stream than it is to turn that canoe around and paddle against the stream and when we live godly in this world that's exactly what we're doing we're paddling against the stream and i believe that there are some Christians, save folks, let's put it that way, save folks, they, they're not Christ-like, that has just found it easier to do a little compromise. Maybe because they got tired of fighting the battle, I don't know. They'll give an account to God. They don't have to give an account to me. Maybe they got tired and I'm not giving them an excuse, but I know this happens. I've seen it. I've seen it in Mary. I've seen it. I can tell you a couple's name. 
there was a time in this couple's relationship that because of chemical imbalance, the one of the spouses, let's put it that way, I'll just leave it that, one of the spouses had some issues mentally or emotionally or how you want to put it that way. Medication helped them when they stayed on it. And the other spouse, dealing with that chemical, emotional, sometimes it was easier just to give in to keep the peace than it was to fight for what was right. And so many, and I think there's people that they get tired of the fight. They get tired of the persecutions. They get tired of living godly in the fact that persecutions, it says, shall suffer persecution. And they'll, they'll compromise. Is that right? No. But just know that if you're going to live godly, which we all should, after the pattern of Christ, that we will suffer persecution. Christ being our example. He's the light, we're the light. He suffered persecution. And if you live godly, you're going to suffer persecution. You're going to be talked about if you live godly. You're going to be talked about if you live godly too. But, but he talks about that right here. Well, that's later on. Over there in Peter, he talks about better to, be, to suffer persecution for doing right than suffer persecution for doing wrong. But here, yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. So that all goes back to living godly and instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect. And, of course, people will take the, you know, the definition because, you know, you, you're, are you preaching sinless perfection? No. But, it, you know, it talks about the maturity in it. But perfect. I mean, what, he's a pure gold, right? And we, we ought to strive to be holy. As he is holy, like Peter tells us. Be holy, for I am holy. Live godly. If you live godly, you will suffer persecution. But we're to pattern ourselves after Christ in the fact of his, his light and our light. And then, of course, you know, it's been uh, the analogy that he's the sun and the sun give, is, the one, is, the, is the one that gives the light and the moon reflects the sun's light. And that we are to be a reflection of Christ, our light 
that we shine before men should be Christ-like, reflecting through us or off of us. And we're not to let it, we're not to hide it under a bushel. We are to let it shine so that men will glorify our Father, will see our good works and glorify our Father, your Father, which is in heaven. So as, as we see the pattern that was set forth for the tabernacle, and we, we go through these pieces, we see Christ in each of the pieces that speaks of a lot of the different things. We see his purity, we see his, his, his suffering, we see his deity in the candlestick, but then to kind of bring it back down to us, he is our pattern, he's the light, he tells us to be the light. He suffered, and if we're going to live godly, expect to suffer because it says will or shall suffer persecution. Is it, should, should the fact that we're going to be persecuted keep us from striving to be godly? No. We should strive to live a godly life. Again, going back to that judgment seat of Christ this morning. Judgment seat, go and listen to Brother, brother uh, Josh Shepard's message. I'm just telling you, it's really good. It really makes you think about, and he said he's, about, he's preached it about four times, I think, at his place. Probably a different message, but he's been preaching about the judgment seat of Christ. And it was just really rich in what he had to say the other day. really makes you think, because especially if we think they were as close to the second coming of the Lord as we are, and we look back at our barns, and we see that we have a whole lot of wood, hay, and stubble. Oh, look at all the things that I've done. Barns are packed full. <laughs> are they packed full of this wood, hay, and stubble, or packed full with some gold and silver and precious stones? Our motives, check our motives, check our, check our actions, check our, our, our life, and strive, you know, I mean... Brother Williamson, you know, hit the nakedness down there. I mean, a lot of other things along those lines. You know, people people see us. Are they when they see us? Are they seeing Christ? When you go to the mirror of a morning, you look at your attire. Are they? And you go out in the world. You go to Walmart. Are they seeing Christ? I was at. Chinese restaurant on the south side, Chinese buffet. We like it pretty good. I haven't been to the one on the north side of I-240, but the one on the south side there. You got a lot more seafood type stuff. Pretty good. But I was in there. At least I embarrassed least all the time. You just talk to anybody, don't you? Yes, I do. Because <laughs> I want to encourage folks. You know, I see people praying. I'll go by their table and say, thank you for praying. <laughs> thank you for not being ashamed to be thankful to the Lord in a public place. To encourage them a little bit. So I'm up at the buffet, and I see this woman. I said, she looks like an independent Baptist. <laughs> How in the world did she look like an independent Baptist? Because the way she was dressed, the way she carried herself. And I just watched. So she's up, and then she goes by this man. And they inter, they inter, they interact, they talk to each other. I look at him. I say, oh, she's with him. Okay, they're probably independent Baptists. <laughs> Why? Because just the way they carried him, the way they dressed. So I went and sat down and ate my first plate, back up to the buffet again. 
Seen her up there, I said, are you independent Baptist? <laughs> and she looked at me going, yes, how did you know? <laughs> how did, she, there, I think they went to Heartland or the South, 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 whatever. They went that one, Southwest, Southwest Baptist Church. But you could just tell. I sat down and prayed. And then I went, I said, thank you all. You know, I introduced myself. I don't know if I gave him a track. I think I did. I gave him a gospel track. I said, you know, I pastor over here. So if you know anybody that says it's too far to drive to your church, I said, send them my way. If you ever run across people on my side of, of Tinker. Just a little interaction like that. You can tell. So having that consciousness of when I go out, is my light shining before men? When they see me, do they see Christ in me? The hope of glory, are they seeing Christ on my outside? Are they seeing Christ? In fact, yeah. Rarely, and I just feel I'm uncomfortable when I do, wear a, a collarless shirt out. It's one thing in mowing or whatever around the house. So I took some clothes to change into, and I had a short sleeve collared shirt that I drove down there in because it was hot going down there. But it was cool and rainy and damp. Yesterday coming back, and I had a Henley, you know, just the, the long underwear type of, I mean, the holy, the chicken skin type material. It's brown, got the three buttons here, but it doesn't have a collar on it. But it was long sleeve. And I was going to put it under my overalls <laughs> to travel back in. But I was going to change into my overalls and eat among the brethren and then leave. And I pulled out the hen- had the Henley pulled out, but it didn't have a collar on it. And I just like, <laughs> I just, it, there's something about it that just made me feel uncomfortable. Is it wrong to go with the collar of the shirt? No. But do you stand out more? In fact, so I just had my white shirt on from yesterday morning. I just put, kept my white shirt on with a collar. Unbuttoned this, took my tie off, unbuttoned the top button, and put my overalls on. So, I, you know, when I'm walking in, I'm walking into Bucky's for the first time. And they see Lisa walk in with skirt on, see me walk in with a pair of over, bibbed overalls on and a white collared shirt on. People look at us like, where'd they come from? Church? I don't know. I don't, but they did. They, there was a difference. I've been at, I don't mean to go on. I've been in places that, that uh, we've been traveling, and then you just see a, bunch, a whole family at a, at, a, at a rest area. You know, you go into the, to the bathroom, and whoever's been right there before you had left a gospel track. So I read who it's from. It's the Independent Baptist Church. I come out, hey, you know, I'll just flag them down, introduce myself. I've went down the road and had, I had a, 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 a magnetic scripture on the back of my car. I'm driving down I-40 with Rebecca. We're headed to Virginia. And a car passes me, sees my, sees my scripture on the back and then sees my Bible up on the dash 
and just kind of, you know, notices it going by. And then I see that something in their vehicle or something that, I said, I bet that's a preacher. So, so I passed them and, and held up my, you know, my prayer card. And so pulled over, and in a minute they passed me, and they held up their prayer card. And so, so we just waited and went on. Then years later, that same missionary drove Brother Stinnett Blue to Island Ford. And I'm like, you're the one on I-40. He goes, you're the one. I said, that's me. And it's amazing. There's a difference that we can be. And we're to let our light shine, a pattern after Christ. In our walk, and our talk, our dress, everything about us. Hiding it under the bushel is when we get a little sooty, a little, you know, some things that covers our light, that dims our light. Our attitudes. We have set forth an example and then we have a bad day and a sharp word. and All of a sudden... Our light gets dimmed a little bit. We have to swallow pride, maybe get right with folks. I, I shouldn't have acted like that. I shouldn't have said that in haste. All kinds of things. So pattern ourselves as we go this week. You know, just do a self-examination again. That's kind of where I live because I can't change you. I can pray for you to be changed. I can't, I mean... You know, if God ever lets me speak to you directly, then I will. I can give it to you generally and pray that the Holy Spirit will say, there's an area there that the preacher preached on that you need to take care of and just let him work. You know, I try to treat you guys as, I mean, you say you're a Christian. You say the Holy Spirit dwells in you. Then I, I preach it and just pray that the Holy Spirit will correct you. Pray the Holy Spirit will, I can't, you know, again, I can't, I'm not going to be, you know, looking in your windows going, oh, look what they got in their house. <laughs> I'm going to preach on that Sunday. No. Lord knows what's in your house. The little birdie will tell me, and I'll preach. And then let him fix the problem.